most of us think that when we get something we'll be happy but true happiness is when you give the very purpose of life is to share the goodness with everybody around and that's what sangachatam means let's walk together there is a word called jigyasa not jigyasa means inquiry inquisitiveness inquisitiveness the desire to explore the desire to know the desire to find out yeah the want yeah it's very important without the jigyasa you will stagnate in life you will never move anywhere should always have what next or what's happening what is this whole service so there are two main types of jigyasa one is what is this another is who am i what is this is the foundation for science science is built on this one jigyasa what is this and who am i is spiritual if you look deeper what is this is all about objects in life so science is objective science cannot be a subjective thing science is always objective because it should be the same for everybody but spirituality who am i is all about the subject it is subjective do you see this so these two lines of enquiry are science and spirituality are called as vijnana and gyana so vijnana is about the outer gyana is about the inner and if you move in the outer realm there is no end to this jigyasa because the objects are so many so diverse you learn one thing there is something else you don't know and the moment you know something the interest in that dies in the outer world do you see this as long as you don't know there is an interest in once you know the interest dies you know when when your children were very young or when you were a small kid when you used to go on say a long journey or somewhere you know, they always ask questions what is this what is that because every time you are seeing new things on a train or a bus what is this what is this and actually you see they are not interested in the answer they just keep on asking what is this what is this what is this what is this science is like that going one thing after the one thing after one thing after other but actually not knowing where to stop but who am i there is only one question such a profound question that once you get into that question even the question dissolves 
that's the beauty of it you know once you get into your own self once you get established in the self that who am i also dissolve the question dissolves and it brings more and more wonder more and more interest to go deeper yeah and uh, if you go to the upanishads they have actually given a very clear logical way of answering this question who am i you know this who am i such a such a strong question ramana maharshi has left everything else just hold on to this one question you just go in that one direction that's all leave everything else and then you will you will get where you have to reach so the upanishads they say the subject and the object are always separate they can't be the same okay and anything that can be objectified cannot be the subject and the subject is changing subject to change subject to time and place whereas the object is unchanging opposite the object is subject to change and the subject is unchanging so if you can hold these as the criteria and then enquire into who am i then you will reach say for example say this this phone say this is my phone i and this phone are separate even though this is an iphone i and the phone are separate okay so it's very obvious that i am not the phone this is my phone okay so i'm able to separate it from me you get a little closer now let's get to our clothes okay so apart from a few minutes we always are wearing the clothes it's like our second skin yeah but still we are not our clothes we wear the clothes but we are not our clothes yeah even if the clothes are taken off we exist yeah go a little closer let's come to this body so we all have a name and what does the name indicate what is it reference to when you say i saw that person in the mall what are you telling actually i saw that body there body isn't it you identify the body with a name are you getting so our identity is with the body with the name and say this body after some time you lose your hair you lose your teeth so when you lose a part of this body maybe you lose a finger or something or lose a kidney <laughs> lose an eye but 
even when a part of it goes missing or is lost you will never say oh this is pasumpon hairless <laughs> or this is somebody toothless in spite of a part of the body being lost you don't consider somebody as incomplete are you getting what i'm saying so your body is also an object because it is subject to change and you can separate yourself from the body yeah or if you say i am the body find exactly where you are in the body are you in your head are you in your feet are you in your stomach where are you in your body do you see this so this is very deep enquiry so you get into your body and at the level of the body also you see that i can separate myself from the body and the body is not unchanging and this is an object as well like any other object in the room so i am not the body also because it can be objectified go a little more deeper go to your mind okay your thoughts your emotions your ideas your desires in fact all your experiences happen through your mind and your attitude your personality everything determined by the mind without mind there is no identity for you at all even though you are called by your name yeah and think about this if if you think about somebody or if you miss somebody maybe somebody who has passed away or somebody who is living somewhere far away what is it do you feel about them it is not the body you miss you miss maybe their smile or their way of handling something or what they were liking to eat all these things that is got nothing to do with the body do you see you miss their presence experience you miss their i don't know what's the right word for it but it is definitely not the body but our attachment is to the body that's why when death happens we we feel we have lost something but actually what we miss is not the body is something beyond the body and even there you see if you were the mind if mind was your identity then in deep sleep mind is not there but you are still there isn't it in deep sleep none of this exists no thoughts no ideas me mine nothing exists even your name doesn't exist but still you will say oh i had a very disturbed sleep or i had a very nice sleep there is somebody who was there even in the deep sleep so then you can't be your mind also so then you come back to what is remaining this is the way of the upanishad is what negation this is not me this is not me this is not me what remains that is what i what remains and then what remains is that what the observer of all this the observer of these objects the observer of this body the observer of this mind 
and that is not subject to time and space the body and mind under that realm you have got past present and future but in the realm of the presence in the realm of the self there is only here and now there is only this time and this space that's all there is no other other time or other space yeah even though you say it is eternal it has been there it is now it will be there that is only a figure of speech that's all actually the and for the self there is no time there is no space it's only here and now and it is the witness you can't witness the witness it's a fallacy in itself say i'm witnessing the witness you can't witness only the witness witnesses everything and there you see it cannot be objectified because there is nobody to objectify no but there is nobody to see that it is separate from everything and it is unchanging this unchanging aspect also we have experienced isn't it however old we become we don't feel that that aspect of us ages we always feel the same consciousness is the same exactly so consciousness and purity does not change is not subject to change and this is this, this line of enquiry it's called koham is koyamai the answer is so so and that hmm koham so begins as koham and ends as so very good very nice isn't it very nice we need to constantly constantly tell this to us again what i am not this body i am not this mind i am something beyond and every time you are distressed you are anxious you are restless you see it is all got to do with the body say for example i i don't allow you to get up and go here restlessness will begin in 2 minutes because you got something lined up something lined up something lined up something lined up and this is all in the body and mind that's all those things really do not matter to be frank because if something happens to you now the life world will continue but you think the whole world depends on that and that's where you are move away from samadhi samadhi is a state you know where you feel you can stay like that for a million years this is fine this is it where time freezes the moment time comes into the picture the mind has come in do you see this so as long as you are held down by time until then you are far away from yourself i am beyond time and time is death as well. so when you are beyond time you are beyond death so that is mrityorma amritangam that is immortality this is so we are all by nature immortal unfortunately there's been taken very wrong things trying to make this body immortal what will you do making this body immortal you can't prevent it from getting decayed but if you just keep it immortal if 
we can prevent it from getting decayed then that is different but as it goes even the queen is mortal how many ever years you can hold some day you have to let go hmm? and knowing this is as a very obvious fact this is not something oh great it is obvious but you do this you know every morning you get up you have a shower and you don't think too much about discarding those clothes and putting new clothes do you see you just let go and then put new clothes and go enthusiastically you do it that's how this life is as well you are not going to stop and death <coughs> so you are going to just let go of this old stinking stale body and then pick a new body and carry on and when you drop this body you drop all other bodies also around it and do this consciously that's all one day they have to do this and take this example of your clothes in the morning i don't feel anything dropping in the same way because if you didn't have any other clothes you would think of dropping this clothes you know when you know that there is a whole wardrobe there and you said that's fine sometimes you give it away to charity also you just don't you have put it for wash it's okay this is it's not usable that's what the death is what the mind giving the body to charity i don't need this anymore let it become a manure for the planet somebody else use it i'll find a new one to wear not afraid loud If you are aware of this, yeah, if you just go and then you feel very soon, it's okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, sometimes you say it's okay it's for no me, but then you will hold that person, this person, my child, my parent. Yeah. If something happens to them, <laughs> it is the same for everyone. <laughs> so that you have to. This will happen only when you leave this reality. no every time you come out of meditation see that okay this body is going every night when you go to sleep ask yourself if i don't get up tomorrow have i led a good life if you feel happy then go to sleep that's okay if you feel oh no i have got this to do this to this to then you are still quite far and whatever you think you have got to do start doing now finish it off whatever is hanging on in your mind cuz time goes like this when death comes it doesn't stop for anything for anybody isn't who sees the next moment sir correct see this is should not become intellectual this should be a practical you should see yourself seen adi shankara's father he sees himself being burnt he sees death and then he sees his 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 own body being burnt before he dies so he calls his son and says it's time for me to go death is knocking so the son asks are you not afraid he said why should i be afraid i'm going from the finite to the infinite i am not afraid so if you can see that you can see that this very body which i'm holding so dearly is being offered to the flames and you are witnessing that and do it every night before you go to sleep you will see you will wake up very peaceful all our disturbance is because oh this 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 attachments <laughs> this 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 
See, this very feeling that I am not this body and mind will free you from your attachment to other bodies and minds also. The question is really, do you want to? <laughs> if you don't want to be free, then it's a different matter altogether. But if you really want to be free... It will be very difficult to accept that. Correct. I mean, the, the other day I was listening to nice, good music, enjoying it, like very, very I mean, kind of a blissful feeling. Yeah. And then suddenly I said, who is listening to this music? I mean, I tried to distance myself and it became very unpleasant. I mean, I, I was stopped enjoying the music. No, it should not become unpleasant. This is where, this is what bhakti is. Bhakti is being engaged in, in the thing completely. But with an awareness, it does not have to be, who is enjoying? Whoever is enjoying, you are witnessing that enjoyment. It is nothing right or wrong there, okay? So in the same way, bhakti and knowledge are not separate. They are not contradictory. If you get immersed in your singing of the bhajan or doing a puja or something, that is fine. But then witness that also. Look how the mind is immersing itself. The mind which keeps on jumping from so many things, now see it is sinking into one thing. And witness and wonder about it. Yeah? So, definitely knowledge and devotion are not contradictory. They actually complement each other. You know? And sometimes through bhakti you can go deeper into knowledge and deeper into your experience of samadhi. So, don't make them separate, but don't make them an end in themselves as well. Because if the bhakti is not taking you deeper within yourself, it is pulling you more externally, then it is not serving its purpose. No? So every ritual should take you to a state of no mind, but if it's taking you to a state of more mind, then it's just, it's not a proper utilization of your time. You know, that's why Shankara says, no? Atma Jnana Vihina Muda. If you do anything without that knowledge inbuilt into it, it's just a waste. Just a waste of time and energy. Most of the rituals which are done by people without any wisdom in it is like that. It's such a phenomenal waste of resources and time. For nothing. It is just a tick box. little bit of wisdom will make it so profound. Good, good, good. Jai Gurudev.